Hi and welcome to episode 7 of the Kind Mum podcast. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing teacher, parenting and life coach Miranda Hodge from Smart Mama, Smart Kids Parenting. Hi Miranda and welcome to the Kind Mum podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rita. It's really exciting to be on here with you. I'll give you a little background on Miranda. Uh, Miranda is a teacher, parenting and life coach who helps mums feel more confident with strategies and ideas around connection, behaviour and managing the big feelings of your small kids. She has three kids of her own and loves all things practical, authentic and anything to do with gardening. I wanted to ask you a few questions. I'm dying to know your advice. Um, First of all, just tell us a bit about yourself in your own words and what you do, Miranda. Um, So basically I help, as you've already said, I help mums of zero to six-year-olds. So I've got a seven, nearly eight-year-old, so I sort of stuck with under six for now. Um, I help mums of zero to six-year-olds with strategies to deal with their kids' emotions and behaviour. But I also can help mums with their own mindset and the way that they react to their kids' big behaviour as well. So I'm a teacher by by trade, if that's by profession. Um, Yep, so I've been a primary school teacher for a long time now, little bit of experience and a lot of other stuff going on and obviously a parent parenting coach and all those other things too so yeah my main my main reason for doing this was to I just kept seeing mums who didn't know what to do when their kids misbehave or didn't know what to do when their baby wouldn't sleep not that I'm perfect at that but I've had lots of good strategies um yeah just different things and seeing mums seem so not confident and not having the support that they needed and no one to turn to so I thought, well, I'd love to do this and hopefully I'd be good at it. So let's have a go. <laughs> Amazing. And I personally can reside with everything you just said, especially the sleep. <laughs> um, yep. I've got a three-year-old and a 20-month-old and I just find like some nights they're good and then most of the time they just want to party pretty much all night. So um, I'll definitely be picking your brain later on on some sleep <laughs> tips, I think. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's fine. So um, what three bits of advice can you give a parent who's having a hard time calming their child? Okay, so this is, um, this is something that I obviously um, see a fair bit <laughs> and something just quietly that I still do myself a fair bit because my kids are two, four and seven. So I'm still in the midst of this as well myself. So I just wanted to pop that there because there's completely no judgment at all (laughs) because it's really hard. Um, So my three bits of advice are, number one, take a breath. And again, anyone who's seen my stuff, I quite often say that. Take a breath. Just get yourself a little bit calmer first because it's really, really hard when your kid's at that height of emotion, just going, you know, doing something you don't want or even if they're being deliberately pain in the backside sometimes we can be really triggered and our buttons are really really pushed so as an adult we are usually able to say no I need to step back I need to take a breath if everyone's safe just step back take a breath give your kid a hug if you need to if they'll take a hug then give them a hug that's a really really great way to get in there or a high five even I know if they're screaming on the ground, that's not always possible. <laughs> but one of the things I always advocate for is a gentle, calm tone in your voice, even if you can't touch them or they don't want to be touched, letting them know that you're actually there 
that you still are loving them, that you're still being their safe, calm space, even when they won't let you touch them. That is so, so powerful. And I've used that so much with my kids as well. So yeah, that's my number one piece of advice. The thing is that what we want to be able to do, and I realise it's not always ideal and no one can do it all the time, but what we want to be able to do is to show our child that we can be calm because then we're actually their safe space. So they're going, all of my big emotions can just bang into this thing called mum or dad or this person and they are actually big enough to cope. They're not not coping because of my big emotions because when you do that, it shows the child that they are safe, basically. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it that you said safe space. Once you discover it, it's great. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Because it's you're right. Like all they need is you, mum or dad, um, to be there for them. So you talk a lot about mindset and helping mums build a connection with their child. Can you give us an example of how to achieve this? Um, so mindset's really tricky because it's it's really interesting. I find it really interesting because what our mindset is basically, and I'm not a medical person, but our mindset from my understanding is basically built from lots of different events and lots of different um, experiences that we've had in the past. Okay, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that's basically what our mindset is built around. So it's shaped by how things in childhood that we went through and some people might have heard of, you know, work on your inner child and these different things that you can do. But our mindset basically is built and then we see things through it. Okay, so if we can change our mindset, if we're struggling, for instance, I'll use an example. So something I shared in my um, private, in my Facebook group the other day was about when, what was it? Oh, that's right. My mum always has dinner on the table at like 6 o'clock pretty much, like within a couple of minutes of 6 o'clock pretty much always. So for me, when I had three children there, you know, two sitting across the bench and a baby in a baby sling and trying to make dinner, I was putting myself under this ridiculous pressure to have dinner ready at 6 o'clock. That's insanely hard. I don't know how my mum did it, but that's insanely hard. And I would be just going overwhelm, 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 overwhelm. Okay. And I'd get really stressed and angry and annoyed. And my husband had to come just take the kids away because I just don't want to see anyone. I just got to finish dinner. And, and I would not be the person that I wanted to be in that space. And I'm not here to say that I never get like that because I still do because it's overwhelming with three kids now trying to cook with me. But... <laughs> being able to go, you know what, this is the influence behind that. This is why I feel like that. Why, do, why am I letting that actually impact on what I'm doing now? So I think for me, doing stuff with mindset involves standing back a little bit, not just looking at your childhood stuff, but um, stepping back a bit and going, oh, this situation every day or every time we go shopping or every time, you know, I every time my child watches dino trucks, <laughs> they go a bit silly after it. So what, you know, in particular that happened to us, um, what am I actually going to do to change it? So for me, changing mindset is really, really about the practicalities of going, okay, I can see what's happening. I can see why I'm thinking that way. I can see why I have always thought that way. Can I change it? And what practically can I do to actually change it? So, and it's different for everybody. So, yeah. That's amazing. Does that help? Um, definitely. Um <laughs> For me, actually, when you said about your mum having dinner ready at that time, for me, it's um, my house being clean because my mum is mm. like a neat freak. And it's not that I'm messy, but I I personally, my house is not 
immaculate all the time. So you are talking me- to the messiest <laughs> person ever, <laughs> which I can't stand. I call yep. myself an organized mess. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I know yep. where everything is. Okay, <laughs> my husband doesn't know where everything is, but my <laughs> I just feel like my mom. I love it to bits, of course, but yeah, of course. I, yeah. If she tells me she's coming over, I'm like, oh my god, I have to clean everything <laughs> to be spotless before she gets here. I have to. So. That's kind of that, I guess, mindset that, you know, from my childhood, my mum, you know, cleaning my room when I was living at home, like it always had to be spotless. Mm. Um, And then, you know, finally having my own home. At the beginning, yeah, I kept it really spotless, but that was pre-kids. It's different when you have kids. (laughs) Yep. I hear Um, so many people say that. (laughs) So true. I used to have like glass, you know, candle holders at low level and like beautiful little trinkets here and there and whatever um <laughs> anymore <laughs> i um <laughs> i i use a diffuser now with essential oils i no longer use candles in the house <laughs> yes yep same yeah too dangerous <laughs> um so yeah. yeah i and i have been working on changing that mindset for myself as well No, you're not the only one. And that's exactly what I wanted to provide for mums when I, you know, started this whole journey was I'm like, how good is it when we sit and we talk with a friend or we talk with someone who's a little bit older and maybe a little bit, I don't know about wiser, but a bit further along in the journey and go, "Um, this is what I'm dealing with, you know, this is what's going on, I'm struggling with this. And if you've got a really, really wise friend who has the time to sit and be able to do that with you and is really able to pull apart what's going on, because we've all got a friend or two, most of us have a friend who's like that, but they don't always have the insight. So what I wanted to be was a sounding board for people and go, yeah, cool, all right, tell me what's going on. How about I just ask a few interesting questions here and there and then you can probably come to your own conclusion <laughs> with a bit of help from me. Do you know what I mean? That's the sort of stuff that I wanted that I, you know, provide for parents basically. Yes, I love so it. It's and it's so yeah, and so many people struggle with houses that are not clean. Oh my god. <laughs> because when you have kids, they they come around after you and they unpack. Exactly, right? And oh my god. <laughs> they do all of it. And yeah, and it, the thing is, we did not start with the cleanest house, but now it's like really get it like I'm a lot tidier than I was but my house is not <laughs> yeah so you know it moves along with that exactly so, yeah. what what are your top sleep tips um is routine the way to go mm-hmm. is there something that you do or recommend that really works beforehand to get them into bed and to sleep oh this will be a well sought after question actually mm, <laughs> this yes. one on that all so you know people sleep consultants might disagree I don't know so I've pretty much shared what works for my kids yeah and it's worked for three of them so you know I feel like that's it works. A win. <laughs> yeah exactly that's a win now there are some really really rigid routine things out there that I'm like oh they didn't work for my kids I tried a couple of them and one in particular and I'm not going to mention who it was or what it was but um and it, it didn't work for my kids but lots and lots of the strategies around it did work. So doing a really rigid routine didn't really work. But at the same time, having a, a reasonable routine did. So I got my kids up when I was small at 7 o'clock every morning. I've always been a big believer in waking kids when you want them to wake, when you need them to wake up. So um, I wouldn't let my kids just sleep <laughs> when they wanted to. Obviously, I would when they were babies, mm. really small babies. 
But as I got older and I needed to start organising their sleep, I would go, okay, we get up at 7am in the morning, unless we've had a crazy night, then maybe 7.30, you know, quarter to eight, whatever. But if it's been an okay night, we get up at 7am and then we do what we're doing through the day and then sleep time is at, you know, whatever time it was, 12.30, whatever. But I wouldn't let them sleep past a certain time in the day once I could see they didn't need to anymore. Mm. So I get a lot of questions and a lot of, see a lot of people asking, in different groups and things about toddlers that specifically toddlers that are then waking up at night or you know toddlers and preschoolers that are waking up at night because they still have a sleep in the day so for me what we did was go you clearly don't need that sleep in the day anymore we're going to start cutting it out so we would do that one day a week you know we cut out the sleep or two days a week we'd cut out the sleep I'm going to be interrupted in a second (laughs) <laughs> and that's you know that's sort of how we started doing it yeah and for us sense. it really really worked bedtime routine is pretty much the same every night so we I don't know what people think about it but we basically we have a, obviously we have dinner and then we have showers baths whatever we're going to have and then we all meet we pretty much all come back together in the um in the lounge and we watch an episode of something like Shaun the Sheep or oh, Bob the Builder yeah. <laughs> or something like that and we watch one or maybe two and we it's just sitting together and just being together as a family. And I'm like, oh, there's screen time, there's screen time, we've got to stop it. Well, actually, no, we've had it going. We'd, we've done that for forever because when we had tiny babies, we just couldn't get, we just could not manage bedtime without doing that. Yeah. So it was only a small amount of time. And for us, everyone was calmer. It made the kids just sit still, which was always what I wanted because That's at that time it. of night I'm frazzled mess. And so for us, that was what worked. So lots and lots of people have different opinions and lots of people have different things than that. That's what we did. And the final one, the one for babies actually and small kids, really, really small kids that I shared the other day was, oh, yeah, padding backsides. In the middle of the night, Mm. your kid wakes up and starts waking in the middle of the night all the time. What I have always done is gone, all right, night one, that could be a bit random. All right, we'll do what we need to do to get through. Night two, is this becoming a habit? We'll just see. If by night three your kid's still waking up at the same time and clearly doesn't need, you know, food or doesn't need changing or any of those sorts of really obvious things, what I did was go, all right, get my dressing gown on or whatever I need to, take my phone, go and sit next to their cot and make myself comfortable and basically pat their backside. And so for some I had to do and keep laying them down. So for some of them I had to do that. One of them in particular had to like I had to do it for like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. But I yeah. only had to do it for one night for that long. Amazing. And the next night it was like 20 minutes. And after like two nights it was done and they were back to sleeping fully. Amazing. And I've done that with each child at least twice or three times, just different, you know, seasons where they're used to waking up at random times. And that's worked brilliantly. <laughs> so, Amazing. and a few people have told me that's worked brilliantly for them. Oh, so good. So, um, yeah, and I'm not here to say that that's going to work every time. I'm not a sleep consultant yeah. or anything, you know, but I didn't want to leave my child screaming. No. And I also did not want to give in to their demands and I didn't exactly. want them in our bed. Well, so I'm so like, good. what do we do now? That was the only thing that I could come up with and it worked and I just got us all backside from sitting on the floor. <laughs> Basically. It's so good that, that it worked it. for you and you're, a, you know, you're a real mum. It works for you. Mm. It's amazing. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I and even, it might not. I don't know if it'll work for everybody, yeah, but it's well, worked exactly. for me and definitely other people that I've shared it with as well. So Amazing. I'm going to try that with my 20-month-old. I don't know if he's too old for it, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's not. not. Okay, good. I'm to, gonna... Yeah, you've just got to make your mind up that you're not going to get annoyed by it. You're just going to go, yeah. you know what? It's like being stuck in traffic. I can't do anything oh. different. Yes. I'm sitting here and that's all. Like I'm just giving up the rest of my night today tonight great yeah and then in two nights i'm gonna have much better sleep (laughs) exactly you're right you gotta look forward and say this is gonna be great in the long run people (laughs) exactly Uh, yeah and sometimes what we do is we will so my youngest is just two and what we still do sometimes is just brush his teeth while he's watching it how do you (laughs) deal with fussy eaters how do i deal with fussy eaters do you have an idea about the age four age range around three four years old yeah three four yep yep okay so what so i've actually got a master class on this so i'm glad you asked excellent Um, tell us more yeah it's called yeah well it's called dinner battles and i've i need to actually record it but i actually would love to run another live version where you can people can ask me questions and stuff afterwards so it's run through like through zoom basically yeah so so good so i can send you the link for that actually if you want yes please but and I'll anyway share it. so yeah feel free um anyway so basically one of the things that we talk about in dinner battles is your kids when they're until they're about two two and a half they can't really they don't really get the whole you know let's have this and then you can eat this like they're not really seeing the cause and effect like you can't have dessert if you don't eat that so if your kid's 18 months and you're trying to get them to do stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't really work in my experience. So what, like you can just try and trick them. That's a really good opportunity to try and trick them into things, get different healthy supplements. I started my kids on a really healthy, on um, healthy chews for them, which are made of fruit and veggies. They're amazing. But I started them on that because I was like, my two-year-old is not, or, you know, whatever he was, 18-month-old, did not want to eat veggies. And I'm like, oh, it's so painful. Anyway. But once they're sort of two, two and a half, they can really start to understand just a little bit more. In my experience, that's what I've understood. That's what I have experienced. Um, so when they are, so my three, my two and a half year old, he now understands you need to eat three more spoons or three more whatevers before you get down from the table or before you have dessert or before you have whatever. So our rule has always been, if my mine and my husband's unspoken rule, I might just say, is the kids finish on our terms. So if we say two, two more spoons, we try and make it just something small, especially when they're really little, it's usually how old you are. So you're two, you have two more spoons. That's it. And once they've had those two more spoons, then you manage some other way, you know, you take the tea away and, That's make, and a bit later on maybe give them a, uh, we give them squeezy yogurts and stuff. So, yes. you know, if they haven't eaten, I'm like, you still need to eat because you're small and you need food. <laughs> but I'm going to try and not associate that as a special thing with tea. But if you've done what we've asked and had two more spoons, because you two, then tick, you've done what we've asked. And that doesn't mean that they've eaten all their tea and it's still annoying that they don't eat all their dinner and da-da-da-da-da. <clears throat> At the moment now, my two, two and a half year old is so used to it that I can say five spoons and he's okay with it. Sometimes yeah. he'll get to four and we've got to really, I'm not going to say that it's easy because <laughs> it isn't easy. You've still got to be there and you've still got to go, come on, we've got to have one more spoon. There's only one left. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work and they take a while to learn it, but it works really, really well if you're consistent with it. 
with it. Yeah. So we've got a four-year-old and she knows that she's got to eat. You know, we still do it with her. The seven-year-old eats most of her food, thankfully. But my four-year-old doesn't. Um, <clears throat> we've quite often got to say, all right, you're four. You can have five more spoons because you're turning five soon. <laughs> However, you can add extra spoons in also. When they're four, they can eat five more spoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the That's other excellent. thing is when they're, when they're small, so when they're really little and they can't really count, you can go, all right, and you can even add an extra spoon. If you've said two or three more, you can just quickly shovel in another one if you get a chance to because <laughs> they can't count, you know, it's all for the good of their of their. Body. That's right. But yeah. It's one thing that I see is that people can easily give in when their kids say, no, I don't want to eat this, I don't want to eat this. Just back yeah. off, eat your own dinner. And then just occasionally offer them some more and say, come on, we've got to have three more spoons. How about you have a race with me? You know, add those things in. That's really helpful. Mm, But for me, I'm like, you've got to eat this many more spoons after they're two and a half, eat this many more spoons and then, you know, we can move on or we can do something next or then I'll read you a story or we'll all finish our tea together or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, I've found found that works really, really well, but it has to be an achievable, achievable amount. So a small achievable amount works really, really well. That's awesome. That sounds Interesting. good. Okay. Yeah. So it works really, really well. I think people can get really up in, they can get really confrontational at the table. I feel like parents can get quite, you're going to eat this or else oh, sort of yeah. thing. It's like, what, really? Like, yeah. really? Are we going to force our kids to eat? Like I have literally tried to, before, tried to force my kid. And it's like, what, what am I doing? Like, what am I even yeah. doing? I'm just annoyed. I'm trying to get them to eat. Like that's just ridiculous. They're not going to eat if I don't teach them how to eat. Oh, so exactly. it's about modelling it yourself and all that other stuff. So exactly. Yeah, but that's I just agree. my take on it. Some of them might have a winning idea that I haven't oh, I come it. up with. But I don't know. Thank you so much, Miranda, for taking the time to speak with me today. I really enjoyed having a chat. I think we're on the same page. I love your approach. It's very authentic, definitely. Um, so let us know where we can find you and what your social media handles are. Oh, thanks, Rita. Well, first of all, thanks heaps for having me on here. And thank you so much to everyone who's listening. I hope you've walked away with a little nugget of something that's going to help you. Um, um, where can you reach me? My business is called Smart Mama, Smart Kids Parenting because, yep, there's lots of good reasons why. But basically, if you can think about parenting in a really, really clever way, then your kids are going to come out of things come out of your parenting really clever about how to be a person that's why I came up with that but anyway so it's smart mama smart kids Um, I'm on Facebook as smart mama smart kids I'm on Instagram and it's at smart mama smart kids parenting okay I'd love you to check me out and follow me on there if you would like to Um, yeah that's basically it Um, and my website is www.smartmamasmartkids.com so it's the same all round and yep and i'm miranda hodge and i would love to hear or see from anyone who's listening i'd love to have a chat with you amazing thank you and i will share the link uh on my socials so you can all click on that and get in contact with miranda you can also uh contact her directly through her social medias which i'll also um share the link for yeah cool okay so for anyone who is interested in my emotions class i've got a free emotions class rita has got the link there for you um it's for parents of about two to six year olds and it's called five truths your child needs you to know about emotions and it's lots and lots of fun i'd love you to check that out it's as i said it's a free class and there's a link there 
Otherwise, thanks heaps for having me, Rita. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kind Mum podcast. I hope it was educational for you. Please click on my link to subscribe so you know what's going on next and when the next podcast is coming up. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.